Welcome to Dodgers Dogs. Casey Porter joined by Austin Brubaker as I am. It's not Wednesday, it is Thursday, but hey, sometimes schedules change. Sometimes things happen. Last night, the wife and I went to Stillwater and had to take care of a couple of things. And so that always comes first, right, Austin? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Okay, we got a lot to talk to, Austin. Welcome into the show. What are some of your thoughts as we get this thing started? Yeah, certainly a lot to talk about. So obviously this past week has been the winter meetings, which is usually the for free agency and for baseball. There's a lot of decisions that get made during this time period. I know a lot of baseball fans kind of in general were a little bit disappointed by the apparent lack of action. I know action really seemed to pick up late last night. Uh, but there is a lot of rumors going around right now in specific to the Dodgers, what the Dodgers are going to do, because there wasn't a lot of moves that the Dodgers made during the winter meetings. There is certainly a lot of talk about the Dodgers, particularly about the free agency of the biggest free agent, perhaps in baseball history and Shohei Otani and what the Dodgers have done, what the Dodgers are going to do. Certainly a lot to talk about, and there's a lot to talk about as far as where Shohei Otani is going to go. Right now, the momentum, if you're just talking about momentum, not the favorability, but the momentum right now seems to be in Toronto's corner right now. So there's a lot of rumors. Dodgers, Toronto don't necessarily know what to believe but there is certainly a lot to talk about as it seems like Shohei's decision should be coming up fairly shortly so what are some of the things that you think favors Toronto like if he does go to Toronto Shohei why would it be Toronto yeah so Toronto obviously is a place that is desperate for some sort of winner they haven't had <clears throat> really a good sustained run for quite a while. They have a lot of premium talent. You talk about Bo Bichette, you talk about Vlad Jr. on their team, and they've got some pitching as well that they can work with. So with Toronto, I'd not necessarily know inside the mind of Shohei Otani. But what I can see is a little bit of what Toronto is dealing with right now. They are a team that went, made it to the playoffs this past season, made it to the playoffs the year before, both got eliminated in the wild card rounds. They're looking to maximize the uh, the time frame on which uh, Bo Bichette, Vlad Jr. are going to be. So you can see why Toronto might be desperate for that. They just renovated their ballpark. They renovated and made their spring training site really well. They're doing a lot of things that are attractive, to Shohei Otani. Um, so I'm not necessarily, and I don't think anybody knows inside the mind of what Shohei actually wants. Um, but it's going to be very intriguing. And I think this might be a little bit more of a challenge than perhaps what the Dodgers envisioned inside the market of Shohei Otani. So right now, I know probably Dodgers fans are at least a little bit concerned about that. Just watching a lot of things on MLB Network, hearing a lot of different rumors and stuff around there. You would like it to be an easy choice for Shohei to the Dodgers if you're a Dodgers fan. Right now, it is a little bit curious as to what he's going to decide to do. So love to hear what the fans in the comments section are thinking, what kind of they are feeling in reaction to the overwhelming 
amount of information and rumors there are out there. I don't want this to be misconstrued because I want the Dodgers to get Shohei Otani. I've said that from the very beginning. I think you would have to have your head examined if you didn't want the Dodgers to get Otani, right? Having said that, I still don't think that he is the number one most important target for this next coming season. Now, is he the best target? Yes. You know, is he the target that maybe that the Dodgers fans are coveting the most? Yes. But as far as actually winning a World Series in 2024, I don't think he's the most important piece. I think the most important piece is whichever pitcher they decide to pick up. And I think looking at Clayton Kershaw, Austin, you you absolutely nailed this last time we talked. Here's the advantage that the Dodgers are in. Okay, so Tony Gonsolin and, you know, I'm having a brain cramp. Tony Gonsolin. Do what? Dustin May. Dustin May. They can't be taken off the 40-man until spring training, correct? That is correct, yes. So the advantage the Dodgers are in, Clayton Kershaw can wait until then to sign. So they're not going to have to clear a spot on the 40-man roster for Clayton Kershaw until then because Clayton Kershaw can stay retired. He can do whatever he wants. And then he can just sign after the Dodgers put one of those two or both of those two on the 60-man. Are you following what I'm saying here? You're oh, here, Austin. Yeah, yeah. So, I want to put them on the injured list. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you don't have to worry about that forty-man spot at this moment. You do have to worry about a spot for Joe Kelly. So, I think you're in good shape there. I think you have enough depth built with your young arms. And you're talking about Emmett Sheehan, Ryan Pepio, Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone, Kyle Hurt, Nick Frasso's on the forty-man roster now. Landon Knack. You have plenty of depth to where you can really pace Clayton Kershaw at a really good pace, and then Walker Buehler gets put back into the mix. So at this point, if you just get a number one starter and you stop right there, the Dodgers are in great position, in my opinion, to you know have a great pitching staff. And then if you add a Shohei Otani to the middle of that lineup, then that just, that just adds to that. But at this point, I don't think Shohei Otani – is he the most important maybe for – all the reasons that that you know when you combine everything the off the field revenue the just the exposure and all that is the most important from that perspective probably but just from an on the field perspective of winning a world series in 2024 i don't think he is the most important yeah i think it certainly brings up the question versus need versus best player available i think we would all agree that shohei otani definitely is the best player available he's been the best he's the best player that's been available in free agency just because of the unique skill set that he brings. What the Dodgers need desperately is what you were talking about is some of that starting pitching with Clayton Kershaw. He's not going to be back until late into the season next season, which that's a really good point that you don't right. have to sign him during the early stages of the offseason. You can kind of wait and that can be potentially a guy that you put in there in your playoff rotation. Uh, with Walker Bueller, there's some reporting that he might potentially wait to start the season or they might delay some of his start to the season so that he is whatever innings limit that they put on him, they can put that towards the back That's end perfect. so then he's good and healthy for the regular season. That's so a great that, idea. And, and I think that presents opportunities for a lot of these younger arms, especially early in the season to step up and kind of prove their worth early in the season, which I think is phenomenal. But as you stated right there, I think the Dodgers still need that front line 
number one. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. Yes. And I don't, I don't think there's any doubt within the minds of the Dodgers, within the minds of Dodgers fans. It's about finding that number one that can lead your staff that can be there and take innings and be dominant and provide leadership to a lot of these younger arms as well to help them through the early stages. So then let's say that Walker Buehler, it doesn't come back for a month into the season. You're not relying on Bobby Miller to be that number one guy. You can have him be a really amazing number two guy being shepherded by a number one ace level starter. So I think with that, that absolutely is the most important need. Now with Shohei Otani, I think he would elevate your offense just to an astronomical level. That would be something that would be amazing. It would be something that would be well talked about throughout the industry. It would be something that would help your rotation going forward. It would elevate the Dodgers to the talk of baseball. All of that is amazing and something that the Dodgers should be going after and should do everything possible to get him they must not forget about the necessity to get that frontline starting pitcher, mm-hmm. though. That is very crucial for what they need to help them and fix a lot of the woes that they dealt with during last season. No doubt. And I don't I don't want this to be misconstrued. I'm not saying the Dodgers should stop at a number one starter. I'm saying if they got Otani and a number one, then stop there, they are still in great shape at that point. They, they have plenty of arms. To, to hold on until Bueller gets to be full full throttle at that point, and then you you throw in Kershaw to mentor to mentor some of the younger kids. I think you can use him a little bit more strategically, just kind of as a guy that not necessarily a guy that you're relying on to be an ace every five days, but a guy that can be you know a little bit of everything, a, a mentor, a guy that is a good pitcher for you. A guy that isn't, you know, all the time, maybe different types of roles where you can just really get the most out of what Clayton Kershaw actually is at this stage. So I'm not advocating stopping at a number one starter. What I am saying, though, is that if they did stop right there, the Dodgers do have plenty of arms and plenty of options. And then also, you got to keep in mind for 2025, Otani likely is going to be back to pitch as well. He's going to be at the top of your rotation. Bueller. You would assume that it's going to be fully healthy at that point. You're probably going to have Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin back then. So then you're really stacked up for, for 2025. So that, that that's yeah. all I'm saying there from that perspective. Yeah, the question would be, would you resign Walker Buehler? Yes. He'll be a free agent after this next season. Yeah, no, this, certainly with all of these rosters decisions that come about, uh, there is a lot to talk about. And with Shohei Otani, as you mentioned, he likely would get a spot, whether he's healthy at the beginning of next season or not. With Clayton Kershaw, I think the best case scenario for him would be if he's not relied on as an ace like he was this past season. If he was like a number four type starter, if you have a number one that you go out and get, then you get a Walker Buehler, a Bobby Miller to be two and three. Clayton Kershaw can be that number four, maybe not even necessarily relying on him to go deep into games as well, depending on his innings limit. I think there can be roles if you decide to bring a Clayton Kershaw back. I think we are likely to see Clayton Kershaw back pitching because I don't think that is the way that he's going to want to go out. Uh, And I think the competitive side of him is going to find a way. And just with the raw talent that he has, you're still talking about a first ballot 
Hall of Fame pitcher. He's going to do everything in his power to fight everything back. And I think if you position him in a role where he can best succeed, that is going to be the best case scenario for him. That's going to be the best case scenario for the Dodgers as well. I don't even think you pencil him in as number four. I don't think you pencil him in as number five. I just think you say, hey, we got Clayton Kershaw. Let's figure it out from game to game, from week to week, from month to month, how he feels, the best way to use him. Let him have a lot of input in on that. And him just kind of be like another coach almost on, you know, with all these young guys. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean, yeah. you have a bunch of young arms that are 25 years old that are all in the 40 man. And then you're going to add River Ryan to the 40 man sometime this year. I, I would just bank that, put that money in the bank. Because River Ryan, I think, will, will, threatened to make the major leagues this year and he's not on the 40 man yet so who are the guys in the 40 man right now bobby miller ryan pepio michael grove kyle hurt Emmett sheehan gavin stone landon knack am i missing anybody those are the names that kind of pop up yep. right in my mind and as you mentioned right there clayton kershaw being that mentor the first baseball team that i remember watching was the 2006 detroit tigers i live in michigan just in case you guys didn't know, uh, get to watch a lot of the Great Lakes Noons games. But the first team that I was introduced to baseball was that 2006 Detroit Tigers team. And on that team, they had a bunch of young starting pitchers that were able to just come up to the big leagues. You had Bonnerman, you had Verlander, Robertson, Maroth. And at the front of that rotation was Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers, yeah. veteran pitcher. Uh, he took the mentorship role and really helped elevate the game of a lot of these younger pitchers, really took them under their wing, under his wing, and really taught them a lot about the game, taught them a lot about pitching. I think with a guy like a Clayton Kershaw, he could be somebody like that to a lot of these younger arms, to the Gavin Stones, to the Nick Frossos, the Landon Knacks, the River Ryans, all of those guys. I think he could be somebody that provides a ton of insight because it's not often at all that you get a Hall of Fame level pitcher being able to pour insight into you. So whatever opportunities that these guys get to be around at Clayton Kershaw and just learn things from him, I think is something that would be very advantageous to each one of them. I think leaving a legacy with all these young pitchers that are ready to take the bull by the horn to be the next generation of great Dodgers – I think a legacy, what better legacy for Clayton Kershaw than to go out and pitch, help you make the win, win the World Series, and then also be that link that, that really just prepared the future generation of Dodgers. I just think that is the absolute perfect legacy for Clayton Kershaw. And again, it's advantageous that he doesn't have to sign until you can clear up space on the 40-man roster. I think that is very advantageous as well. You got a clear one spot right now for Joe Kelly. We talked about that on a couple of shows ago. Will it be Victor Gonzalez? Will it be Brian Hudson? I think it'll be interesting to see which way the Dodgers go. Hey, and another thing, Austin, a guy that is dear to our hearts. I've actually communicated with him and his entire family today. I am I am very sad to see this guy go because I got very close to my coverage with him. Had a chance to talk to him a couple of times on formal interviews. Had a chance to talk to him several different times at Tulsa, what a class human being, what a class worker, just a just a total stud, Carson Taylor. Congratulations, he got picked up by the Phils in the minor league 
version or minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft. He's a catcher. He was totally blocked in the Dodgers system. He was not going to be a factor as much as I love Carson. There's nobody on earth that has more confidence in him. He was not going to be a factor with the Los Angeles Dodgers in the catching position. So when I saw that he got picked up by the Phils, I was so super excited for him. Oh, I was so excited for that. So in case you guys don't know, yesterday was the Rule 5 draft. And during the Major League portion of the Rule 5 draft, something that we've covered quite a bit, there weren't any Dodgers that were taking, nor did the Dodgers pick up anybody from there. So the Dodgers didn't end up losing any of the pitchers, any of the position players in the Major League portion of the Rule 5 draft. There is a AAA phase of the Rule 5 draft. It is actually fairly difficult to gather information as far as the AAA phase of the Rule 5 draft. But in that, you can get get different talent from other organizations in the minor league level. And during that phase, as you mentioned, Carson Taylor, the catcher, uh, somebody that I know you've covered a lot. I've had the, I had the opportunity to watch him in Great Lakes in 2021 when he had a really phenomenal season uh drafted in the fourth round in 2020 in that great 2020 draft for the dodgers and yeah no you mentioned it before in this system that is so incredibly loaded with catchers it was going to be very difficult for him to break through i mean you're talking about already is hunter fiducia going to get an opportunity and then you have the catchers coming up with the diego cartayas the dalton rushings uh yaner lock uh Lorenzo, all of these different guys coming up is it is very competitive during that and so what Carson or Carson Taylor is getting in Philadelphia is he's getting a new opportunity in another organization to be able to break through perhaps a little bit easier uh out in Philly so we will continue to be cheering him on if I see him at any of the games going forward Uh, As I did in Springfield, uh, Missouri this past season, if he hits a home run, I'll do a little bit of the great, the funky feather, (laughs) Great Lakes Loon celebration (laughs) dance for him. Uh, No, we, I couldn't be more excited to see him get a new opportunity in another organization. Very close with his family. He grew up in the Atlanta area. His dad, Jeff, I know was a huge influence on him and he just loves his sister and his mom and his girlfriend and all that it's just a wonderful story these are the you know you get very close to these prospects and when you see guys get a chance when you know they weren't going to now if they if you really feel like they're going to have a chance with the dodgers then it's a different deal right but when you really know that they're blocked in in a position like him it's just so exciting for a guy like him that that so deserves and the thing about him is hey he was one of the big prospects when he got drafted he like you said he was he was part of that five round draft the same draft that picked Gavin Stone, the last pick of that that entire draft. So he was a big deal coming out of Virginia Tech. Had a lot of momentum going all the way through Great Lakes. Got to Tulsa two years ago and has just simply not been able to stay healthy. So, I, you know, hopefully he gets to Philadelphia, he stays healthy, and he has a really nice career and makes the major leagues. Again, Carson Taylor. So I wanted to congratulate him. Make, wanted to make sure and cover that. We're going to cover some other prospects in the system tonight. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to have an open mic session for the prospects that you want to see. If you'd like to see a certain set of prospects at a certain position or just, you know, maybe a specific guy, let us know and and we'll get to it and we'll get to it from there. So, okay, let's continue to talk about Shohei Otani. Does the fact that 
It seems like he's dictating what he wants everybody to do. Does that concern you? Um, I mean, Shohei Otani with the talent that he has, obviously it's up to him how he wants to go about his free agency. I, I think it is a little bit of a concern and a little bit of a, I, it's very concerning when you don't have a lot of these controls in place and he can kind of do kind of whatever he wants with the level of superstar talent that he is, he can kind of dictate the terms and you kind of just have to respect that. So it is, it is what it is. It, it's kind of weird being in a state and I know Dave Roberts, the whole situation kind of over winning winter meetings with him kind of talking a little bit about a meeting that took place last week between the Dodgers and Shohei. Um, all of that stuff, obviously it's a little bit overblown. It's a little bit talked about quite a bit. It could be something that is very serious with Shohei just because we don't have any insight as to what he's thinking um, I'd be curious to see kind of what the comment section, because obviously there is some competition that is being had, some fierce competition that is being had for his services, for everything that he has. Are you concerned about where where the market is, where Shohei is at? And are you concerned about the involvement and this very serious involvement that Toronto seems to be having? I'll say all this, and this is probably going to be unpopular. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. The, the 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 if if what Dave Roberts said has any effect in any way, shape, or form on Show Aotani, then that's concerning to me because okay, every time that he has a bad game or he struggles, and somebody has to say something that's not necessarily. You know, this wasn't even in a bad light. This was just simply stating something that every single human being, baseball fans or not, knew happened. Everybody knew that the Dodgers were going to meet with Shohei Otani, right? That This was not some gigantic revelation that Dave Roberts just let out of the bag. So if that bothers him, then let me ask you this. I mean, the concern I have is then the next time down the road where he goes 0 for 4, then he goes 0 for 3, and he's in a mini slump, and and they asked Dave Roberts about his performance, and we saw Dave Roberts fire off a couple times this last year, and he has to simply put, as a manager does, just say, hey, he's not performing as he's capable right now. Is, is Shohei Otani going to be upset about the fact that people are talking about him every single time in the, in the media? Is he going to try to set the – the, the, the guidelines as far as when people can talk about him, when his manager can talk about him, when the people around him could talk about him, when the media can actually access him. Is he going to set all those boundaries? Yeah, I, I think all of those are very valid concerns, not being able to hear from him, having things, something as little as something that was obvious to everybody, being that the Dodgers are very interested in Shohei Otani and very likely we're at some point going to have some sort of meeting with him. Having something like that being able to be such a massive turnoff if that is the case, again, we're all speculating as far as what the case is. If that is something that is such a massive turnoff to him, um, that could be concerning if that translates over to the actual locker room environment. You would anticipate for a guy like Shohei with how competitive as he is, with how talented as he is, with the desire that he seems to have to win, 
that he'd be able to let some of that go, be able to create a clubhouse like that. You also don't necessarily know that or can't necessarily guarantee that. With Shohei Otani, incredible, incredible talent. I think he's going to do amazing stuff on the field. Um, how this translates into the actual locker room environment, if this played a role at all, which, again, we're just stressing if this played a role, that could be something that could be a valid concern and something that you wouldn't be happy about or could cause issues in the future. Again, not saying that this did happen, uh, but certainly there has been a lot of speculation about that this week. Here's my concern. You're with the Angels. The Angels aren't nearly as high profile as the Dodgers, right? I think this is also why Toronto has a real chance, and I also think there's a chance that he goes back to the Angels, okay? And I've said that from the start, and here's why. He's not going to be able to dictate when or how he gets covered by the Dodgers. The Dodgers media, the Dodgers everything, just the the bigness of what the Dodgers are, the gigantic microscope that you play in when you're with the Dodgers, you're not going to have control over how you get covered. You're just not. So if he's the type of guy that wants to be able to avoid the media, I'm not saying he is. I don't, I, I've heard from some people that I do know that have been around the Angels that there is there are tinges of these types of things. Now, how in-depth that is, who knows. But if he is the type of guy that wants to dictate how he is covered by the media, when he is covered by the media, what people around him can say, when they can say it, and how they can say it, the Dodgers are not a fit for him because he is going to have control over absolutely none of that, my opinion. Yeah, and, and certainly when you are in these larger markets, which the Angels kind of share similar geographic area, but it is different between the Angels and the Dodgers. When you are in these larger markets with such historic uh, nature about them, there certainly is going to be higher pressure, more questions asked. I don't think it's going to be to the extent of a market like in New York, but it certainly is going to be elevated in a place like the Dodgers, especially with the expectation to win World Series, the expectation to perform. I think with Shohei Otani, if he competes and performs like he has over the past couple of seasons, he's going to have no issues with wherever he goes. However, if those struggles come up, if he's if he has any sort of issue getting back on the mound, which I'm not anticipating that he will, but we know at some point during the course of your career, your body will start to break down. You will have to answer for a lot of these questions. Mm -hmm. Not saying that this should be the defining decision as to what the Dodgers should, should decide with. I think the Dodgers certainly should do everything in their power to no get doubt. the talent of Shohei Otani because I think he would elevate you to the World Series. But these are just glimpses of some potential concerns. These are the major concerns that you have, and he's going to be the best baseball player in the world. You deal with all of these issues, though. I just I haven't been real impressed with the way that he's handled it. Hey, he has a right to do whatever he wants, however he wants. It's his free agency. It, it's, it's been less than impressive for me. You know, because if you actually want no attention to be on it, then make up your mind. Go wherever you want to go. Don't leave everybody hanging. And don't, it's kind of almost like he wants to have the perception that, you know, I don't want any attention on this, 
but then I want all the attention because I'm going to drag it out as long as I possibly can and leave everybody hanging and kind of the whole free agent market is waiting to see what he does. So it, it, it's just to me, I'm, I'm a little bit over it in the sense that I think it could have been handled a whole lot better. It has not been impressive to me how his camp has handled this situation. Again, that's their right. And, you know, it's my right to have my opinion of it, too. So that yeah. that's kind of where I'm coming at from this. Having said that, that doesn't in any way, shape, or form affect the amount that I want the Dodgers to have Shohei Otani, right? I mean, yeah. that's not what I'm saying there. I'm just saying, to me, there are some red flags that I think Dodgers fans may need to consider, or even the Dodgers brass whenever you think about those types of situations that you might even need to iron out before you sign a guy to a 10-year contract. That's yeah, that's just kind of all I'm saying there. And all of this, obviously, we want Shohei Otani on the team. Of course. And I think a lot of this could be potentially overblown. If you look at what Shohei Otani has done, uh, a lot of the concern has to do with the lack of transparency in the process. And with this, we want kind of to know a little bit of insight into what he has insight as to what is going into the process of this decision with all of this is is a little bit of speculation so you have to grant a little bit of grace in that as well as far as Shohei Otani just doesn't seem to be speaking a lot to that that certainly is his choice I would like it to be a little bit more transparent to where a lot of these issues that see that should be no issues are clarified as no issues. It's totally his in his right. And I think he's going to make some sort of decision within the next couple of days. It is still fairly early in the off season. It is beginning of December. Um, I think all of us would like the decision to be made because I think we all anticipate he has a good idea of where he wants to go. Let's go ahead and just, wrap this up and kind of move on from that. Uh, but he has the right to take however long he wants to take to try to no get doubt. as much incentives as he's want because he's performed to a level to where teams are willing to pay him this much. So, man, this is going to be generational for him. This is going to be generational for his family, for his legacy. So if he wants to, however long he takes to make his decision, as frustrated as that is, you also have to respect that too a little bit. He has every right to do it in any which way he wants. I mean, this is absolutely his free agency. And it's like I said, I mean, he has, he has the right to do however he wants. But having said that, I think Dave was transparent with it. it obviously, there was, a, there was a chain of command issue there that I think the Dodgers misfired on, miscommunicated with. It put Brandon Gomes and, and, Free, and Andrew Friedman in a weird spot because really deep down they probably felt like Dave didn't do anything wrong, but then he did in the sense that Shohei didn't want anything out. And so they, they kind of had to have Dave's back, but then also defend Shohei in the same time. So they had to play both sides of the fence, and it came out really awkward in my opinion. Yeah, it certainly did. It was not a great look for the Dodgers, and <laughs> especially <was. laughs> because over the winter meetings, there wasn't anything really that the Dodgers were able to do. It just made the winter meetings feel like a dud for the Dodgers. There wasn't much that went on during the Rule 5 draft. You mentioned uh, Carson Taylor got selected from the Dodgers. Uh, Darlene Pinales uh, got selected by the Diamondbacks as well. Relief pitcher spent a little bit of time in Rancho uh, this past season, so he will be going out there. 
other than that, this has been the dominant force for the news for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So um, certainly everybody is waiting and crossing their fingers to hope that Shohei Otani comes to the Dodgers. He would just take this offense to another level next Mm -hmm. season and hopefully fix a lot of the struggles that they had in the postseason. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Maybe it'll happen while we're going live right here. We'll never know. (laughs) The Dodgers don't go to it. You know, some people, when they buy a new vehicle, they just go to a car lot and they say, hey, I'm looking for a new vehicle. What do you got? And then the, the, the car salesman takes them around, says, well, we have this. And they just kind of make up their mind. that That's not how the Dodgers do business, right? The Dodgers, they do all of their research. They already know exactly what vehicles you have on their lot. They know the value of it. They know the VIN numbers. They know exactly what type of interest rate that type of it. And, and whenever you get into those negotiations, see, like those winter meetings, people are hoping that in the desperate late hours you're going to make some some overpay type moves because people are desperate and they're all together and you're you're competing against each other the kind of like whenever you're in that car lot and that salesman is just throwing every okay well what what monthly rate you know, they're just trying to get you to buy that car and start the Dodgers are not going to fall for that so just because that the, there were no moves in the winter meetings does not mean that the Dodgers didn't check out all the inventory and scan exactly how much the inventory is going to cost, what the game plan is, and where they're headed from here as soon as they know what's going to happen with Shoei Otani. So I think there probably was a lot that actually went down and a lot that, that, that went down in the favor of the Los Angeles Dodgers that we will all kind of see all at once. It just isn't a position at this moment where you can all manifest it out in the open as far as what exactly is going to happen. Did I yeah, explain I think that, that I think that's certainly true. Yeah, there has been a lot of moves that the Dodgers and their front office were able to do during the winter meetings. A lot of probably talks, a lot of behind the behind the scenes stuff that we'll never really get quite the insight as to what they're doing, the talks that they had, the communications that they have with different players, with a whole bunch of different people. I think that's certainly true. And I think that certainly has been the tendency to the Dodgers. They want to get their money's worth as far as the free agents that they pick up. They want to be smart about it. The question for the Dodgers is what they're going to have to answer, especially with a lot of these free agents coming off the board with the anticipation that as a lot of these free agents, especially free agents starting pitchers, are going to be coming off the board, that there's going to be trades coming up. At one at one at what point do you start to become a little bit desperate? Do you start to give a little bit to the car salesman because <laughs> you are in such a need for these starting pitchers? Because it can't be the case that you go through this offseason and anticipate some sort of deal that's going to work out just solely in favor of you or mostly in favor of you. If you are of exclusively that mindset – it's very likely in this market that other teams are going to swoop in and they're going to overpay just a little bit more, take a little bit more of the risk, and then you're left with nothing and not addressing a lot of your holes. I think that is something of major concern for Dodgers fans. So they see a lot of free agents. They see, obviously, the massive trade going off uh, last night mm-hmm. uh, with the Juan Soto deal. A lot of different moves are going on right now that the Dodgers are not a part of. 
at what concern is there some sort of panic for Dodgers fans that you anticipate that you might miss out on all of the frontline starting pitchers. You might miss out on Shohei Otani or some advanced bat to help your lineup. At one point, is there a concern that you might have to go back to signing one-year deals or reclamation projects? The panic is real if you're a fan, and here's why, Austin. You know this as well as I do. The Dodgers aren't going to overpay. So if you have mm-hmm. a whole bunch of teams that come in and massively overpay for a Tyler Glass now or a Corbin Burns, the Dodgers aren't going to match that. They're just not going to give away Nick Frasso and Kyle. All these guys, they've worked so hard to, to, to get in position to be so valuable to this organization. Ryan Pepio, who, by the way, was fantastic last year at the major league level. They're not going to just give these guys away in an overpay for a one-year rental type guy. So there's where your panic is as a fan. There's where your concern is that you know the Dodgers brass is so disciplined that if all these guys end up being massive overpays, you are going to be left with nobody. Because I don't think the Dodgers will hit that panic button. Yeah, and that certainly is a concern when you think that the panic button might be necessary at some points in order to fill the holes. Perhaps it is okay to take on a bad contract just if that bad contract in a year during the first year or two or a couple of years is going to elevate you over the top because as we talked about during the last show that we did together, the way things are done right now hasn't resulted in the Dodgers winning multiple World Series. Mm -hmm. They won the one in 2020. They're going to have to find some sort of way. Perhaps you go with the disciplined approach, and it's going to lead to sustained success during the regular season, and then you'll have the opportunities to always be in the playoffs. But do you have to go and be a little bit risky to take that next step? What is risky to to go over the top? That means signing some sort of free agent, perhaps like a pitcher, to a longer-term deal, knowing that on the back end of that deal, he's not going to be the same pitcher that he is on the front end. You know who that is, don't you? Yeah. Blake Snell. Mm-hmm. That's who that is. That is exactly who that is. And the question is, do you want to take the risk on the back end or even on some of the shorter end with some of the concerns that you might have about the FIP X FIP because of the potential upside that he upside that he has during the prime or during the prime years of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. That I think is something that a lot of Dodgers fans, at least in the moment right now, perhaps it's not the good decision long-term would anticipate or want them to make at least some sort of move to address that hole because we know that hole is there and because we know that they have to do something to fix that. See, I'm such a hypocrite because I talk about, hey, we got to trade all these guys. You know, they're they're all 25 years old. They need, and then you you throw these trade deals out there. I'm like, oh hell no! <laughs> it, it's <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> it's hilarious. I find myself going, well, dude, you've just sat here and talked for like a year now that the Dodgers need to get rid of all these guys so they can have a chance at the major leagues and they need it. But then every time there's a trade proposal, you're like, well, screw that. I'm not doing that. Right. So yeah, trade I, them all. It, it, it's hard for me. Trust me, Austin. It's yeah. very hard for me. So I'm going to throw these at you. I'm not even going to give my opinion because yeah. I, I just about pass out whenever I think about these. Tyler Glass now, 
for, of course, he's going to be a one-year guy, right? And he's yeah. injured. You don't know how many innings. He's coming off 120-inning season. And before that, he had been injured, 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 basically since 2019, right? Yeah. So Tyler Glass now for Nick Frasso and Landon Knack. Man, that is that that is tough. That might be a move that the Dodgers have to think about doing. That's the kind of move you're looking at. I don't yeah. think you're going to get any kind of better. Those are the yes. overpays you're looking at. If the and, Dodgers and that, want to find a number one starter, that's the type of overpay you're going to have. And that concerns me, especially because of the floor that I think like a guy like a Landon Knack has and because of the upside that I see with a Nick Frasso. But with that, I think the Dodgers definitely have a lot of talent. They have a lot of right-handed pitching depth that if that move comes up, that is definitely one that you would have to consider pulling the trigger on. <laughs> Man, this is tough. Oh, my God. And if you think that's tough on me, how about the guys that have invested their sweat and their money oh. and all their resources? And, hey, Nick Frasso bringing him over. He'd been injured and doing all that. And then same with Landon Knack. They, all of the rehabs they put together with these guys, the different changes they've made with them and all of that. If you think it's tough for me, just a guy that and you that gets to go watch him every now and then, do an interview every so often – you know that that Brandon Gomes and Andrew Friedman, this just makes them want to get nauseous every time they think of giving up a Nick Frasso and a Landon Knack or a Kyle Hurd or whoever it may be. But again, I'm going to say it. I throw out that scenario because that's the exact type of overpay. If you're going to want to get a number one starter in the trade market, that's the overpay you're going to have to get. The second type of overpay is you're going to have to go get a guy in free agency that for four or five years, you're just going to be paying a guy massively overpaying a guy most likely for production that you're not getting because you want the front end of what that contract gives you, which sounds a lot like what the San Diego Padres did, which was a complete disaster for them, right? Yeah, I mean, we've seen situations where signing a bunch of guys to free agency has backfired. Obvious examples are the Padres and the Mets from this past season. We've seen a lot where taking that risk like what we saw with the Texas Rangers this past season, sometimes does work out as well. So I think the Dodgers can use a lot of the insight that they have, use a lot of the analytics, the scouting that they have to come together to try to find the correct free agent. Finding that correct free agent, though, is incredibly complex because you are predicting the future with a whole infinite amount of different variables that you can never fully know if that free agent is going to be somebody that works out which i think in a lot of cases scares the dodgers away especially if you're if you're committing to longer term deals in especially with a pitcher um that is something that i think that the dodgers either through trade and having that nauseous feeling of giving up incredible talent, but knowing that you might have to free up room on the 40-man roster to get that incredible talent, or by signing some somebody to some sort of longer-term deal, they're going to have to feel uncomfortable because uh, the uncomfortable yes. <laughs> feeling that they have felt in the postseason is far worse than the uncomfortable feeling that they're going wow. to have giving up a lot of these guys. Well done. Say that again. That's well done, Austin. Yeah. So the yeah the uncomfortable feeling that the Dodgers have giving up these prospects, giving up this financial resources, is infinitely smaller 
than the uncomfortable feeling that the Dodgers have felt being eliminated in 2022 by the San Diego Padres in four games and in 2023 and three games by the Arizona Diamondbacks. You have to remember that and take the steps necessary to make sure that does not happen in 2024. Whew, give me a ball. Let's go, baby. Let's go play some ball right now, man. Brubaker's got it going tonight, man. You got me fired up, Austin. That is exactly right. And see, if you're in a war room and you got a guy like me who's giving you every single reason why you don't give up Nick Frost, why you don't ever give up anybody, right? Because I think these all these guys are awesome. It takes a guy like you to make a statement like that to get an Andrew Friedman to go, Oh, you're right, man. Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> that kind of yeah. deal, right? I mean, and, that, and, that's... And, and this is coming to somebody for me who is equally as not wanting to give up on a lot of these guys as far as prospects, too, yeah. because I've seen these guys also grow up. A lot of these guys come up through Great Lakes. However, the end goal is not to see a bunch of these guys become big leaguers as much as we want that to happen, as much as we want to see that happen with the Dodgers. They will get an opportunity, I think, wherever they go because of the talent that they have. The goal is to win a World Series, and that is something that they must keep in mind and do everything possible to win the World Series and put themselves in the best position, fix the mistakes of the past because – Man, what has happened in the past couple of seasons in the postseason has been embarrassing, and that has been incredibly painful for Dodgers fans. That cannot happen again in 2024. I am going to support every high-level move the Dodgers make that is specifically and obviously geared towards winning a world championship. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So if they go get a Tyler Glass now, even if they give up a Nick Frosso and a Landon Knack, of which I'm going to look at it as an overpay. And I'm going to go, oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. You know, still at that point, I'm going to be excited about the fact that, hey, this club is all in. They're doing everything they can to exactly like you said, to advance their cause towards winning a world championship. So at this point, I'm at the point to where even though it's going to be very difficult and I'm going to look at all these trades and go, oh, the Dodgers are getting screwed on this deal. This is not a good – still, I, I, I'm going to look at it and still say, but they had to do it. They yeah, had to do it. They had to do it. They're in a position where they have to do it. And this doesn't mean you have to be – 100% reckless in your decisions. Correct. Obviously, you have to still be smart, but in order to win a World Series, sometimes you have to be a little bit reckless. And I think that is something that the Dodgers are going to have to do. You're going to have to be my therapist, Austin. <laughs> this, this is not going to be... When they start dumping some of these dudes, this is not going to be easy, man. <laughs> Uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be almost as hard for me as it is for you. So we're going to we're going to have to rely on each other. But like what we, what we saw with Carson Taylor uh, this past uh, yesterday and during the minor league portion of the real five draft, we'll still be huge fans okay. of a lot of these guys and wishing them the best and hopefully highlighting some of the success that they have in other organizations for Carson Taylor in Philly and for some of these other guys that the for the Dodgers for the moves that they're going to have to make in the future um we'll be highlighting and just trying to wish them the best luck uh for wherever they go but the end goal should never be lost for the Dodgers yeah and 
the we haven't got to any comments yet tonight either so we're, we're going to get to those some in here in a minute i think we've rambled on long enough austin do you want to get some comments here yeah we have it a looks great like we body. got quite the crowd yeah, uh for the do. show tonight so we are uh, we're excited you're in for uh you're in for a fun show as it has been so far yeah. but we're excited to hear kind of what the uh what the comment section is thinking i know we'll probably not get to all of the comments tonight but we'll try to get through as many as possible and try to talk a little bit more about the dodgers great thing about this is we love giving our opinions we have very strong opinions right we are very passionate towards this and we always give our opinions so do our fans at dodgers daily sometimes we disagree with each other and sometimes we passionately disagree with each other right that to me makes for a great just a great environment that makes for a great community in my opinion yeah no it certainly makes for a great community you don't want all of one mind in regards to a lot of this you want a bunch of different perspectives because man if it was super simple we would all go towards that the game of difficult and finding a way to win in the game of baseball is incredibly difficult so getting a whole bunch of different perspectives especially from the smartest fans in baseball as you like to say in the dodgers daily community being able to provide their comments and being able to point out stuff that perhaps we miss Obviously, you and I are not from the Los Angeles area, so we provide a little bit of an outside perspective. We also like to hear from the people in Los Angeles, in Southern California, throughout the United States, throughout the rest of the world, whoever, wherever you're from uh, in the comment section, love to hear your thoughts as far as everything to yeah. do with the Dodgers. And we'll kind of provide our opinion with that as well. Let's get after it. Do you think I'm a dumbass? You think Austin's a dumbass? You think something we said is stupid? Let's get after it. Let us know, and we'll get it back and forth. Hey, we'll ex- we'll explain where we're coming from, right? So let's get to some comments. First of all, I would like to take care of a little business here. We we do have a GoFundMe account that we are trying to set up, and we've had some nice donations. If you could give a dollar, five dollars, fifty cents, whatever, that would be very well, uh, very well. We we would we would certainly appreciate that because like i said this stuff isn't free obviously dodgers daily will stay free forever but austin and i and coach holt we're trying to make it to spring training and we like to raise as much money as we possibly can to so our wives aren't mad at us so mama's not mad at us for spending her own cash right that type of thing so hey that gofundme account is in the the link to that is in the chat so you can look at that right there and also don't forget to leave a like and a comment in the regular video section of this that way when it archives then it'll hit that algorithm and it'll get suggested more and it'll get more views after it archives. Okay, let's get to our wonderful lobby today. Roy, good evening, Roy. Thank you so much for joining. He says, go Casey Austin, go Dodgers. Michael, Michael, thank you for joining tonight. Michael's always one of our absolute best baseball minds out there, no doubt about it. I always look forward to seeing what Michael has to say. Michael says the winter meetings was a failure. Yes, from a results perspective, as far as tangible results. But I think, as I said just a minute ago, I do think the Dodgers left with a very good landscape of what cars are on the lot, how much they're going to be asked for. And just exactly, you know, kind of like when you buy a new car, Austin, or even a used car, you always overpay. You never get a good deal in the car market, right? That's kind of what the Dodgers are looking like, looking at in this trade market and this free agent market but i do think they at least know what the type of overpay is going to be yeah i think you're not wrong about it and certainly from a end point as far as acquiring talent at this moment 
winter meetings certainly feel like failure. They certainly were an embarrassment as far as having to answer a lot of questions that they necessarily probably didn't want to go into with the Dave Roberts situation. But there probably was a lot of groundwork that we didn't get to see that they were constantly working on. And we'll hopefully see the fruits of that coming forward. Roy, Dodgers are in great position. If we sign Otani, we are in a much improved team. If he signs elsewhere, no big deal. We are still the Dodgers and will win the West, spend money on pitching. That's what I'm saying. Otani, yes, he is the biggest guy to sign. He's going to make more money. Whatever you spend on Otani, he's going to make you back with his marketing and all that by leaps and bounds, just with the his international market he's going to bring. So it's not the money, right? But having so, he's the biggest guy to sign, no doubt about that. But as far as actually on the field in 2024, I still say a number one pitcher is the the most important part of it to get as far as either in a trade or on the free agency market. Deuce, good evening. Good evening, Deuce. Deuce always is just a fantastic poster in our form. Ignore MLB Network if you want to stay saying, yeah, I don't want to get into it, but some of the rants that they've gone on, you know, the and hey, I'm not – I'm not, I've, I've told, called myself a hypocrite, so I'm not going to act like a hypocrite again because you've seen me go on two or three rants, and when I go on rants, sometimes they're not even coherent, right? And Austin doesn't even get to talk, and I'm just kind of screaming and all that kind of thing. And by the way, you did a wonderful job the last time. I, I kept my cool. I put you some really weird situations, and you just kind of smiled your <laughs> way through it. So I appreciate that. So I don't want to, you know, just just get on the guys that do that. But I think sometimes they generate it, and some of the rants that the NMLB Network guys and ESPN guys have gone on lately just haven't really hit the mark. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hit or miss with a lot of the segments. I certainly do enjoy when I get the opportunity to watch MLB Network. I still enjoy that, and I still think that they do a good job. Certain segments that you can certainly say that are not the best or some things that you could think could they could possibly improve on. Um with that, I think you can still appreciate it for what yeah. it is. There's a saying in sports that there's several different ways to skin a cat. And every time I watch these former major leaguers go over a hitting instruction lesson or do a segment on hitting, and they're all different. And it's like, well, you just said something different than he did. He said something different. And it just goes to show you that there's just not one way to do it. A lot of people like to say, well, you have to do it this. Well, if you just watch the MLB Network, you'll see that Major League All-Stars, they all did it differently from each other. It's it's kind of fascinating to watch. Yeah, and I think certainly with that, obviously we want the game of baseball to grow. They're working on their specific ways yes. to try to grow the game of baseball. That is something that I appreciate about them. Craig says, Otani is more important to the Dodgers' management for the money he will make for the club. No doubt we just addressed that. Michael says, not enough pitching. If then That was, I think, in response to my comment earlier where I said if the Dodgers stop at a number one starter, I still think they're in great in, in a great position. I'd like to reiterate, I think Michael's correct here. I want to reiterate, I'm not saying they should stop at that. I'm saying if they just get tired of overpaying and they just can't overpay for two guys. Does that make sense? I'd like to say, mm-hmm. okay, well, we got to do it for at least one. We just have to go buy – we just have to go overpay for one guy. If they don't feel like overpaying for two guys, then – then I still think the Dodgers are in great position. That's that's where I was at on that. Yeah, and I think if, especially if they sign a free agent to be a number one starter and they decide to stick in that route, in that scenario, you're not giving up any of the pitching depth that you have 
any of the younger pitchers. I think that is the scenario that we talked about last week on the show, where you're giving a lot of these younger arms opportunities Mm -hmm. at the big league level, in which case the depth doesn't come from a known major league quantity. It comes from the minor league system, giving a lot of these guys opportunities. I think at some point they have to do that and they will they're going to have to give these guys opportunities at mm-hmm. some point, whether that's with the Dodgers, some other organization, that would be the scenario. Certainly. I think you would feel a little bit more comfortable getting another pitcher at, at least from the Dodgers perspective, another frontline starting pitching just with the way that it broke down last year. Networks are, this is from Jack powers. Jack always does a great job too. Hey Jack, we certainly appreciate you joining tonight. Thank you so much for joining our wonderful community here at Dodgers daily. Again, this is supposed to be on Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. Sometimes we have to change plans. So we're so glad that you guys were able to, at the last minute's notice, join us on a Thursday evening. Networks are pushing for Blue Jays for clickbait. Jays is man bites dog. Dodgers is dog bites man. They miss the most important topics because they favor the Dodgers. Casinos loving Jays talk. Yeah, I, I think there could certainly be that because the consens- consensus has been for quite a while that Shohei is going to the Dodgers. And when there's any sort of other news that seems to contrast that, I think they're likely to highlight that. With that, I think there's certainly some truth in that that, they, that might be a little bit overblown. But I think there's also a little bit of truth into where Shohei has met with Toronto. There seems to be some sort of relationship building right there. So I think that is still cause for some panic if you're not even if you're not willing to go to the extreme like MLB Network has pushed, Greg Amsinger has pushed that Blue Jays are the favorite. Um, I still certainly think that the Dodgers are the likely destination of Shohei Otani, but I think it is still something where if there's smoke, there likely is some sort of fire, and there seems to be a little bit of smoke to those rumors. First of all, they are the flagship of Canada, the same way that Shohei Otani is the flagship of Japan, correct? So Mm -hmm. that's cool. They play indoors. That's very cool. And if you actually look at the climate during the summer, it's very actually very nice in Toronto during the times, for the most part, that you're going to be playing there. There's going to be some miserable days, but having said that, still you're indoors, and you're going to be in a media market that I think Otani can dictate and control how he is covered, when he is covered, like he was, more so like he was with the Angels, than he would be with the Dodgers. So here's the problem. Nobody really knows Shohei Otani well enough to be able to decipher which one's more important to him, his autonomy in the way that he's treated, or because I don't think he necessarily wants the spotlight, but I think so. He, I think he's, and this is pure speculation. I think he wants to win and and be a guy that that leaves a legacy as a world champion. He doesn't want to leave a legacy as one of the greatest players ever and never even played in a playoff game. Nobody wants that legacy, right? So he wants the legacy of being a world champion but then he doesn't want the publicity. That's kind of what I'm seeing here. Yeah, I think there could certainly be an element of that. It certainly is very difficult to decipher. And all of this talk about highlighting why Shohei Otani should be on Toronto, I'm sure Dodgers fans might be thinking in their minds, stop talking about Toronto being kind of this great place. Um, Shohei Otani, if you're watching, you should come to the Dodgers and sign with the Dodgers. We'll just put that out right there. I think that is the best place for him to be able to win. So I think it might come down to whether he thinks that 
he wants to go to the place that is going to provide him with the opportunity to win championships or to a market that is going to be a little bit more comfortable to him. Um, that is going to be a decision that he is going to have to make for himself and weigh all of those different factors. This is going to sting a touch, Austin. Who has more world championships in the last 30 years? Toronto or, or the Dodgers? Well, technically, what, 92 and 93, so it's a little bit more than 30 years ago for Toronto. So I w they have equal amount of championships uh, would be the correct answer for that. But okay. no, certainly, I, I totally get your point. In the last 31, 32 years, Toronto has more championships than the Dodgers. Well, here are their – okay, so let's actually go through this, okay? Toronto Blue Jays right here. I don't want to bore the crowd with this. Okay, their AL pennants, 92-93. World Series titles, 92-93. AL East divisions, 85-89-91-92-93-2015. Oh, Wild card burst, 2016-2020. 2022-2023. So, kind of what I'm saying is that Toronto definitely is a place that when you get the right guys, they can go on a run and win championships. They're a team that wants to win a world championship they are not playing around. They mean it when they say they are wanting to cross that hurdle and win a champ. We've seen it in the past. They are a club that could sell to Shohei Otani. We are in this to win championships. And you could win your championship and stay low profile. You could have the best of all worlds. Yeah, I, th I think that's certainly the case. But I will make the argument for Shohei Otani to come to the Dodgers. The, the Blue Jays aren't always best positioned to make the postseason the dodgers are always in the position to make the postseason if you're in the postseason regularly and with the talent that shohei otani has he can help elevate the dodgers to a place where they haven't been able to go to aside for from the shortened 2020 season he can help elevate the dodgers in the postseason help them win multiple world series championships because the dodgers will almost always be in a position to make the postseason so that would be the counter argument that i would make to that is blue jays even though they did win it 92 93 in the world series aren't always there in the postseason i think the opportunities would be best max maximized with the dodgers might be a little bit of a bias take, though. Bo Bichette, pretty good, right? He's pretty good. That I mean, they've, they've got George Springer, pretty good. I mean, they've got some pieces. So I don't think it's a slam dunk as some people think. I think there is an element to it that, hey, man, I could go win world championships and, and kind of live the same type of life. I was living with the Angels and as far as media. I think there is a strong element to that. That the Dodgers are up again. I think that's real. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that's yeah. going to be the deciding factor, but I do honestly think that that is a real factor. Yeah, and going back to the original question, yeah, I certainly want to say that the Blue Jays, excuse me, right now are the favorite for Shohei Otani, at least because of all of the different factors that yeah. makes the Dodgers such a great spot for him. They are certainly a player for Shohei yep. Otani right now and something that Dodgers fans should certainly be at least concerned about, if not worried. Michael says we need to have 10 to 12 deep and depth of pitching. No doubt about that. 
And he would be in favor, I don't think there'd be any doubt, Mike would be in favor of probably getting a number one starter and then some back-end arms as well, two or three of them. That's something yeah. I, I, I'm not in favor of the reclamation guys at the back end of the, of, the, of the rotation for the simple fact that I just think Ryan Pepio, I think Emmett Sheehan, I think Kyle Hurt, I think Nick Frosso, Landon Knack, Gavin Stone, I think those guys are going to be better than a reclamation guy you would get for the back end. That's kind of my point there. Yeah, and I would rather have those reclamation guys be in an environment like in Oklahoma City being able to kind of work over there instead of having them sign to major league deals, give them 10, 12 starts that could at first go to a lot of guys that you want to help grow and develop into major league pitchers. I think that's certainly the case. I think the Dodgers... Man, it's hard to anticipate what the Dodgers are likely to do. If we are to go on what the past is, there is a good chance, not saying it's going to happen, there's a good chance that they could look for one of those back-end starters Mm -hmm. because, as you mentioned, there are a lot of injuries that are sustained, especially the pitching side. You typically need... 10 starting pitchers through the course of the regular season. The Dodgers could see that as so much of a concern that they would look for one of those reclamation projects, look for one of those back end starters, not necessarily for the fact that they are better than a lot of the younger guys, but for the fact that they know that there is going to be a lot that happens over the course of 162 plus games. Um, It's very difficult to predict the health of these pitchers. They're certainly going to do whatever they can to provide insurance for their rotation. So who are the back-end guys that you'd be looking at? Lucas Giolito and who else? Lucas Giolito, I mean, similar conversation would be like a guy like a Seth Lugo. Lugo. Although I don't know if you necessarily want to sign him to multiple-term deal. If you're wanting a lefty, you could go with maybe like a Hunjin Ryu, who's an older guy, although – Man, some of the numbers on him it seems to be velocity seems to be fading wasn't great to begin with so yeah. there's certainly some concerns right there there might be some guys that you have i don't think any of those guys are necessarily better than the younger guys that you have in your system so my advice would be go after those frontline guys and then supplement that with a lot of the youth that yeah, you have so then yeah. you can so then you can uh, help develop them, grow them so that they are ready to take those next steps and become big leaguers. As we saw, as you mentioned during the last show, we t- get it together with the example of Ryan Pepio, giving him more of a runtime to allow him to figure out his craft. And you saw what he was able to do once things clicked. I think we can see that with a lot of these younger guys this next season. I don't have any doubt about that because these guys are very – so. If the if you're if you're to say hey the Dodgers are going to go out and get here is some more Emmett Sheehan, right here if if you're to say go out and get two frontline guys that's fine with me you know if you want to overpay for two guys at the front line that's I, I would have zero issues with I would be totally excited about that so the it, it's gonna be interesting to how to see how they go let's get back to some more comments though Roy says if Otani truly wants to win it's the Dodgers if it's about avoiding the spotlight in another country it's Toronto. Yep, ignore the MLB network, says Deuce, no doubt. Jack, thank you for joining. This is Jack Powers. Austin, I always say it, Dodgers Daily Community is growing, no doubt about it. Great, great crowd tonight. But not the biggest crowd, but the absolute best baseball crowd out there. It's just not even 
any doubt about it. Jack Powers, Otani surgeon for both Tommy John surgeries and the Dodgers team player doctor. That arm is his key to the vault. He will not risk it for two years. Otani to the Dodgers in 2024, redo in 2026. So he's saying he's not going to pitch next year or the year after. I, th- I think that certainly is of some sort of concern. I mean, especially with him playing designated hitter, assume, assuming every single day for the Dodgers. I think that could be something that you would be worried about him not being ready to come back in 2025. This I is Kyle Hurd here, by the way. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's Kyle no, Hurd looking at here. I, I think with that, with the bat that Shohei Otani is still going to provide, he's going to provide immense value right at the top middle part of the lineup, and he's going to provide power. He's going to provide all sorts of different aspects that when he is ready to pitch, whether that be 2025 or 2026, in which case he can be that two-way player, that MVP two-way player, hopefully when he comes back, I think you will be patient and ready for him for when that opportunity arises. Roy says, Craig Pacers up buck. Yeah, we're talking about basketball there. Oscar, good evening. Oscar Prince Botang. Welcome back, Oscar. Haven't seen Oscar in a while so thank you so much for joining good afternoon dodgers daily eduardo rodriguez is signing with the d-backs eduardo rodriguez is going to be in the nos that's interesting that's an i don't that is a weird deal again this is kyle hurt you're looking at here on the screen yeah i know that is certainly of frustration probably to dodgers fans probably to tigers fans as well as he go decides uh, during the offseason, go on the West Coast when he decided not to during the trade deadline. Certainly was his call, certainly is his free agency. Now the Dodgers are going to get the opportunity to face him uh, this upcoming season when they play against Arizona. They are. So I, I just don't know what to th- I don't. I don't know the guy very well at all, and, and so it's just kind of a weird deal to me. Mr. Seabad, good evening. Uh, another great poster here on Dodgers Daily. Otani is going to the Giants, which only proves he's, he's going to the Dodgers because I'm usually wrong concerning Major League free agency, of which, hey, this is the worst part of it for me. You know that, Austin. I, there, there's a lot about the game of baseball I do know. The free agency, the business side of it is not my strong suit. Yeah, and and that's uh, it, it certainly is a fun aspect to look at is certainly is a fun aspect to watch uh especially because a lot of fans are accustomed to a lot of the talent around the big leagues i know you spend a ton of time watching the dodgers in the minor league level that you don't always get the opportunity mm-hmm. to see this is landon knack you're seeing here guys yeah so Nack, yeah it certainly is a fun and interesting time and it's also a time of hope that whatever happened last season things are going to be better this upcoming season. So that's why fans look forward to it. No doubt about it. Didn't mean to interrupt you, but I like to let at least the fans know who they're looking at here. Kind of taking you through all the rookie pitchers. We've looked at Ryan Pepio. We've looked at Landon Knack. We've looked at, at who else have we looked at? Kyle Hurt. Probably need to take a look at Nick Frosso next. But, yeah, as we wind this through it, we're trying to get to some of the comments and Oscar again leads another comment. D-backs, uh, D-backs are building a stronger team. Dodgers need to counter that since the Giants, Padres, and Rockies aren't going to be spenders this year. That's that panic we just talked about, Austin. You look like you look around, and you're like, oh, the Yankees are doing this, the D-backs are doing that, and you hit that panic button, don't you? Yeah, 
And I think I think there certainly is a little bit of concern. Obviously, the Diamondbacks made it to the the World Series this past season. They are an incredibly talented. They're a young club, probably overachieved a little bit in the postseason, as nobody anticipated them to go the distance as far as they were able to go. Um, with that, I think the Dodgers still have the superior talent, at least over the course of a 162-game regular season. I don't think Eduardo Rodriguez closes the 20 or so 15-10 game gap between the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. However, the Dodgers had that gap in the postseason. They did not win a single game against the Diamondbacks. That is where you can overreact a little bit and have a little bit cause of concern. Over the long run, I still think the Dodgers are talented enough during that shorter sample size, figuring out how to deal with the speed that the Diamondbacks have with just the explosiveness that they were able to showcase uh, during that show, during that short game series, figuring out how to com- combat that, I think is going to be the real question for the Dodgers. Good evening, Hep C. Yeah, Hep C is always just a wonderful, wonderful baseball person. Always loved to, to get his thoughts. If the Dodgers miss out on Otani, then Dave needs to be the sacrificial lamb and punching bag, even if it wasn't his blabbermouth that made Shohei pass. Hey, Damino, very cool. Check this out. Potentially working on a loon-centered article for a certain Dodgers community. Awesome. That is awesome. I, I would like to be very curious to know which Dodgers community that might be. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I wonder who that might be and who might be uh, encouraging him to write some sort of article. So. Okay. Mr. Seabad, you five says you fire Dave. It'll be about five. Roy says, question, if Otani had surgery on his elbow, what makes everybody think he'll be able to hit and or hit pre-surgery, pre-injury? I, I think this has to do with what he did in the past. I don't believe this is the first time that he's gone through this surgery since he's been overseas from from Japan, which could cause you to have some sort of concern about the health of his arm as far as pitching during the future. But I think with him, I think he's shown in the past that he can still come back from this surgery and still be able to hit And I think you've seen different scenarios. Obviously, this past season, we saw a guy like a Bryce Harper come back from an injury and be able to elevate and still perform during after this type of surgery. So I think with that, I think we're still anticipating. And I think if the the Dodgers certainly are looking to see what is going to help them best in 2024, that is of front of mind right now. And I think they would do everything they can, check all the different boxes. And I think right now they're at a state where they feel comfortable with what Shohei Otani is going to provide in 2024 to where a lot of these questions certainly are valid. I think this is something that the Dodgers are addressing with some of the medicals, with some of the different questions that they ask. Mr. Seabad says that if Roberts gets fired, he will be hired in five minutes. That's if he wants to manage again. <laughs> of course, you know, he's had a lot, long time in the game of baseball. Alba, Alba, let's see, that says Obstrakit. Okay, very well. Thank you so much for joining. Says he'll be able to hit. Now, we need to relax about that. Mr. Seabass says Tom Brady, LeBron, Otani are allowed to dictate the situations. They're that great. Yeah. Uh, I, I, baseball's a six-month deal. You're with each other every single day. It is a much more difficult sport to have different rules 
and sets of rules for different players. And it just, from what I've seen in the Dodgers culture and from what I from what I know about every single clubhouse starting down in, in Rancho and all the way through L.A., it would be new. It would be something different if the Dodgers decided to lower their standards to allow players to have different different sets of rules. That would be a that would be a change. It would certainly would be a change, but if you're talking about Shohei Otani, as was mentioned with the yeah. all-time greats with their individual sports mentioned with LeBron, with Brady, I think Shohei Otani has showcased that level of talent to yeah. where I don't think just anybody would have these certain special circumstances. I think it would it takes a special talent and it takes that special talent to be able to perform in order to have accommodations for those special performances. It's not like Shohei Otani is going to come in, have these special things and just be able to have whatever baseball performance out there that he provides. I think you still have an expectation that he is going to be the best baseball player around. Not saying that it's the best to have different expectations for different guys, but Shohei Otani is on another level from yeah, a lot of these other no baseball players. Michael says Otani is worth more to baseball than Dave is. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. He also says that Friedman also and Gomes clearly indicated Dave messed up. Yeah, that was an awkward situation, no doubt about it. It surprised him that Dave spoke up on it. I don't necessarily think what Dave did was wrong. I think it was probably out of the chain of command, and I think it caught everybody by surprise. And, hey, I've always been told that the one thing that your boss does not like, Austin, you know what that is? What's that? Surprises. Do not ever surprise your boss. I have been told that by my father, my grandfather, my coaches. I've been told that from the time I've been zero years old. Just don't surprise your bosses. Don't do that. Hey, they'll take screw-ups. They'll take mess-ups. Go in and tell them what they're getting ready to face. Tell them what you did. Tell them how you're going to fix it. But don't let them be surprised. And I think the Dodgers brass were surprised. And that's the worst position to be in. Yeah, it certainly did not put the Dodgers their front office in a good position with the lack of communication that there is right there. I think, I think Dave Roberts was just being honest and kind of being himself with a lot of that, uh, with a lot of these difficult communications with these difficult negotiations mm-hmm. that the Dodgers are going through. They have to be meticulous. They have to be smart about everything, especially when you're talking about the caliber of player like Shohei Otani. I think that's where the lack of communication as far as their, process as far as their strategy goes um there just was a lack of that in that and i think that provided a little bit of embarrassment for the dodgers organization past couple days trey b good evening trey thank you so much for joining trey says we haven't heard anything about him being a bad teammate or anything of that nature no doubt about that so i doubt it i just think it's its agent yeah i i think it just has to do with this process i think this process is new i think this process is going a little bit slower or at least the lack of communication is getting out there a little bit slower to where i think it's causing a little bit of concern perhaps a little bit overblown perhaps baseball fans are just a little bit bored right now or they're waiting to see what happens but i think i think with all this it's just a different situation that we haven't seen before i think with shohei otani i think he probably was a really good uh really good clubhouse guy and really good teammate with the angels. And I think he certainly would be with the Dodgers right now. Obviously a lot of money is at stake for Shohei Otani. So he's got to do what's best for him. 
it's like all those years you have those Super Bowls and, and you pay all this money for the Super Bowl and you hype it and you do this, and then it's like 28 to nothing in the first quarter. <laughs> and nobody's watching by the end of the first quarter. It's, it kind of has that feel to it. And then the, the networks are like, well, we've invested all of this into this one game or this one situation. Now what do we do when it's not keeping people's interest? And I think you're kind of seeing some tactics to keep people interested as far as that goes. Hep C says, I'm not even concerned about the chemistry with the amount of chokes over the years. Maybe it's best to have Chote dictate everything. <laughs> that, that certainly is a really valid point. I mean, you got to change something with that and having Shohei kind of being the boss all by himself. Yeah, no, that is uh, that certainly is an outside the box way to think about this. I laugh because having been a, a head coach for so many years or manager or whatever you want to call it, there's so many drive homes where you're just literally thinking anybody on earth right now could be doing a better job than me. Literally anybody on earth could be the manager of this club and would be doing a better job than I am doing right now. That crosses your mind so many times. So when I hear comments like that, it just makes me laugh because there's so many times to where somebody could have said that to me and I just would have laughed and went, you know what? You are damn right about that because I'm doing a sorry ass job right now and anybody on earth could do a better job. That just, that makes me laugh. Yeah, we we certainly appreciate that, and certainly appreciate. There has to be a little bit of humor that you can find on all this situation as well to keep your sanity a little bit. I think there's no doubt the thing that Dave should have done was just no comment. You know, not not surprise his bosses. So here's another comment from Random. Random again. I'm going to say it again. His comments are always always just right, spot on. Best, smartest baseball community period, out there. Dodgers Daily, right here. Not the biggest, but absolutely the best, smartest. Dave looked pretty foolish up there talking Shohei in front of the media. He could have just said he's not commenting, but he did Dave things instead. I think the biggest mistake was taking medicals. Yep. Let's, or, uh, Lowell's. I think that's Lowell's. Good evening, Lowell's. Thank you so much for joining. Tomorrow, 12 a.m., Otani to Toronto announced. Thanks to Dave and his big mouth. Good luck in the sweepstakes, gents. Okay, Dew says he wants to be able to trust his manager. Yeah. Okay, so Mr. Seabad, where was all this complaining when Harper held out? Harper waited till spring training and nobody said anything. I, I'm, I mean, obviously, we kind of didn't try to cover that sweepstakes, so we can't uh, completely comment on that situation. I think with Shohei Otani, I think this just shows – the level of talent that even Shohei Otani has and the marketability that he has even over a talent like a Bryce Harper. And I think with Harper, with his free agency, with him kind of being paired with Machado, you kind of had both of those guys going together. There certainly was a lot of talk. There certainly was a lot of speculation and a little bit of frustration when they didn't sign until late into the offseason. With Shohei Otani, I think this just shows how much talented Shohei is. And with the free agent class, not necessarily having all of the superstar names out there. There's still a lot of really good players. Shohei Otani is just so far elevated as far as his talent and such a unique talent at that too. Somebody that we have never seen a player like this go into free agency that I think there's that level of coverage required in order to cover a player like that. And certainly it gives a lot of personalities, a lot of media things to talk about, including us. 
Michael says, Roberts is the one who's the problem, a hypocrite saying he wants to be honest, LOL. Hep C says, if we get Otani, we better not bring back Kershaw because I can already see him feeling some type of way about Shohei's power in terms of accommodations. I cer- certainly is of question as far as to the degree that you provide special accommodations and how that would impact your club. If you... And it also comes from a communication. And certainly this week is not the best week to talk about communication as far as the clubhouse or as far as Dave Roberts is concerned. But there has to be some sort of communication Mm -hmm. that we believe that this guy is going to provide us with the best chance to win a World Series. And if you're you have to be okay with that because we are doing everything in our power to win the World Series. Remember, that is the goal. The goal is to not be comfortable in the clubhouse. Being comfortable in the clubhouse has gotten you eliminated from the postseason the past couple of years. There has to be at least something that changes, at least from our perspective. Otherwise, you're going to be running into a lot of the same issues that you've run into. There has to be that sort of communication between Dave Roberts and the rest of the clubhouse if they bring in Shohei Otani and if they provide certain accommodation to him that other players don't get. There has to be a little bit of that tough skin, and there has to be the re-emphasis that we're doing everything in our power to win a World Series. Great point. There's a difference between being comfortable, you know, having a comfortable environment for players to play in, and being too comfortable. That's a fine line sometimes, so I think that's a great point. To bring up, Craig says Roberts will be fired at the All-Star break if the Dodgers don't get Otani and Dodgers get off to a bad start. That would be interesting to see if that happened. I think Dave would take a lot of heat at that point because I think then, hey, as long as the Dodgers get Otani, nobody's going to care. Or if the Dodgers win a lot, it's all going to go away, right? But that would be a weird combination for Dave. I think some of the blame would come back to his shoulders and fans would be very upset about that. I do think that's a good point. Delirium9, thank you so much for joining. I think Shohei naively thought it could be kept quiet and under the radar. He does not come across as a narcissist. Now he is feeling the pressure to make a faster decision. That's what I'm talking about, about the Dodgers market. When you're talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers, he is not going to be able to keep things quiet. It's not going to be in his control. The Dodgers are going to – he's going to get covered with the Dodgers – the way the media wants him to get covered, the way the fans want him to get covered, and he's not going to have control over it. I think that is one of the reasons why there is certainly growing concern that a place like Toronto, which I know recently in the comments we have some Toronto fans in the chat, or at least yeah. one Toronto fan in the chat, it's all good. Uh, has has mentioned because there there is valid reasons why Shohei Otani might go to a place like Toronto. We think the better Mm -hmm. place probably would be in Los Angeles, especially to win multiple World Series championships over the course of time. Certainly some growing concern, though. Okay. Hep C says Dave has lied to reporters about injuries like Kershaw and Gonsolin, saying they're fine. Now, all of a sudden, he wants to be the truth teller. Yeah, so there's some venom there towards Dave. And, of course, we're losing in in the in the postseason, and then some of the, the analytical moves, it's kind of a weird position to be in. Craig says, I agree. Random Hero, if we sign Shoya or we don't, I sure am enjoying the heat that Dave is getting in the media for this. Deuce says, Roberts wanted too much attention at the winter meeting. I would agree with that. 
and I love, I'm a Dave Roberts defender, and I don't think he's necessarily a, a, a attention seeker. But why in the hell even talk to begin? I mean, what is he doing even getting on the on the team? Why? What other manager I, have you seen? I mean, there there have to be fair. There have been other managers that have gone on TV that have done interviews. But why? Stay away of, from it. You know what's I, gonna. You know the questions that are gonna be asked. Why? Yeah, and, and I think there has to be point. whether there's some sort of agreement between the network and a lot of these teams that they want to get some sort of representation from a lot of these organizations. I think over the course of the several days that are the winter meetings, there was going to be some sort of interview with the Dodgers, especially with Shohei Otani being very much connected to the Dodgers. I think it was inevitable that they were going to get some sort of communication and that the Dodgers were going to have to provide somebody. I think the failure was just in the lack of communication as far as this is the strategy of how we're going to go about answering these questions. That was the biggest Uh, blunder with this. uh, I don't know, man. It's not like he just talked to the reporters. Dude, he addressed Shohei Otani and then made the statement that Mookie Betts, that the the best player maybe in baseball is changing positions. I mean, he swung for the fences, dude. I mean, he was like revealing stuff that Dodgers fans were like, right? I mean, it's not like he just went out there and gave a typical presser and gave coach speak. He was, I I mean, I think I, and I, like I said, I'm a big Dave Roberts fan. I think Deuce is right. I think he was seeking attention and I have no idea why. Yeah, and that certainly could be a plausible explanation as far as why he answered or why he was so transparent about everything. I think we typically, it's a really tough balance because I think we like to have transparency to know what's happening, but we also don't like to have transparency when it's going to negatively affect other the organization, negatively, negatively affect our team, I think, with this. Dave Roberts was put was in a situation where he was too transparent with a lot of his answers. He's smart. He knows how to handle the media. He knows how to give. He knows how to talk without not saying anything. He's done it his whole life. He there's no way that this just happened. I mean, I, I don't I don't understand why he did it. I'm going to say that, and I don't even have really have a problem with what he said. I just don't see why. I don't. What did he have to gain by it? I mean, he had everything to lose. And we have some comments back and forth here. Obviously, we have some Dave fans, and we have some fans that are against Dave. I love that back and forth type of talk. That means you have passionate fans. Hey, you know when you're in a position of power like Dave Rock, you don't become the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers knowing that, hey, if you don't win the World Series, you're not going to get criticized, that people aren't going to lose their minds about it. That's what you want. You know that's coming. So I love the back and forth talk. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It you know it just means that Dodgers fans are absolutely passionate. Whether you like Dave, whether you don't like Dave, it doesn't. What really matters is that we all want the same thing, Austin. We all want the same thing. We want the Dodgers to figure out how to put a roster together that will win a damn World Series. We all want the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as long as you do it, kind of in a respectful way as well it just creates such a great community which is what we've been helping try to build with dodgers daily and we're kind of seeing just a great response from the comment section today hey sean thank you for joining sean is absolutely one of the best baseball minds on earth don't believe me go back and read some of his comments to some of the videos he is just a ridiculously awesome baseball mind 
Sean, great idea. Hey, if you want the Dodgers to sign Otani, Yamamoto, Randy at Rosarina, Corbin Burns, if you want the Dodgers to get all those guys, leave a like and leave a comment. Better yet, donate to the GoFundMe account, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Even though that's not going directly to the Dodgers to help pay the bill, yeah. they've got plenty of money to do that. That's going to help us in yeah. our coverage, hopefully, of spring training to look at a lot of to be able to see a lot of these guys in action. Uh, no, certainly that would be amazing. Uh, and leaving a like and a comment on this video definitely is going to help in those pursuits. That's all the time we have tonight, guys. We have had a wonderful crowd. We're going to have to get back to some of this. Uh, it's getting past my bedtime, and I have been super busy lately. And as much as I love talking Dodgers, and I love you, Austin, and I love the Dodgers daily community, it's about time to go in final thoughts yeah for, just for uh just for a quick notice casey's bedtime is not 7 30 we do not live out on the west coast in case you might have been <laughs> a little true. bit confused yeah. first time uh first time listener uh no it we live kind of other side of the country of covering a lot of these other minor league affiliates me i get a lot of coverage into great lakes casey okc and tulsa no it's been an absolutely phenomenal night we we're so incredibly grateful for the community that is being built here and for the comments and for the passion that you yeah. all have about Dodgers baseball. That's what makes this so much fun. And we have the absolute privilege to be able to do this, to be able to talk about Dodgers baseball on here. All right. So here's the goal. Go get Otani. Go get Yamamoto. Go get Corbin Burns. Go get Randy Rosarina and win a World Series. Sounds good to me.